For the first time since 2015, also against Clemson, North Carolina returns to the ACC championship game. How do they leave Charlotte with a victory and a conference championship this time? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and joining me is our guy, Anthony Pagnata, always with us with great football game preview stuff. We want to thank you for making the show your first listen or watch of the day. Don't forget to check in with us every day so you don't miss a second of the Tar Heels. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Man, a massive game for the football team trying to rebound from their own two game losing streak. And before we talk about the game itself, earlier this week, we got some all ACC awards announced and a whole host of other awards. Several Tar Heels racked up some hardware and acclaim. Pagnana, anything that stood out to you as like a surprise, like, whoa, I didn't think this guy would get this or like, whoa, this dude got snubbed. Any Anything in that vein? Uh, I mean, look, with the all ACC stuff, I think I, I was I was shocked that Storm Duck was a second team guy. Me too. Um, I could have understood third team. Um, but I think, you know, kind of what it shows you is that the ACC did not have the greatest corners uh, this season. Um I think we saw probably the best corner that you, you you'll see in in the ACC this season last week, and hate to admit it because he plays for NC State, man, Aiden White, that dude's a baller. Yeah. Um. But outside of him, I I think there's a lot of question marks about the rest of the corners in the conference. I think Storm Duck closed the season very very strong, mm-hmm. and you know he's a guy that we don't know about his status for Saturday, but we really hope that he's going to be out there because he really stepped his game up down the stretch of the season. I thought when they started allowing him to play a little more man-to-man corner, um, but it, with that being said, I thought he would probably, if he was there, would be third team, maybe even honorable mention. Yeah. Um, I thought the third team guys, you could have made an argument for every single one of them to be second team guys. Hmm. Um, you know, awesome Richards. I know that he dropped off a little bit towards the end of the season, but I still thought, you know, for the majority, really the first eight weeks of the year, you could have made the argument that he was the best offensive tackle in the conference. Um, Ben Kiernan, I I don't know what more you could expect from him. I mean, I know that they gave up some returns later in the year, but I think a big part of that was more because of the coverage units rather than just him. Um, he, easily led the conference in punting average. So not really sure how he was. How else are we supposed to judge punting? You know, like, I mean, seriously, like, (laughs) I mean, look, I love Lou Headley too, but Lou Headley, first of all, is like 45 years old. And I I, I don't like, come on, man. Like how you, how are you spurning our guy, Ben Kiernan here? And then I thought, and look, this one's probably a little bit tougher because of the injuries. I thought you could have made a heck of a case for Antoine Green to be second team. I, I know he only played in eight games, but look at what that dude did when he was on the field in terms of yards per catch. And I think he, here's all you need to know about him. Reason I would put him se- as a second team. Look at the difference between what Carolina did with him on the field and what Carolina did yeah. without him on the field. Yeah. You could argue he was almost as important 
more valuable to Carolina as Josh Downs was. So, I mean, he definitely, I thought, had a case. Um, you know, other than that, I can't really think of anybody that I would think would be would be snubbed. I, I, I think you know, Elijah Green had a great finish to the season. He finished with eight oh, rushing no. touchdowns. Yeah. But I think he just got into the fray probably a little bit too late. I agree. Um, and, and other than that, I, I really can't think of anybody else. I think everybody else that deserved to get recognized got recognized. Um, and the biggest one that I was happy about, I mean, of course, Drake May, um, winning ACC, you know, ACC player of the year is absolutely huge for him. Yeah. First since 1980, last time Carolina won a conference championship game. Um, but I, I, the, the guy that I was most happy for to receive an, an ACC or the all ACC first team was Cedric Gray. Yeah. That dude has worked his tail off the entire season and, I'm glad that the rest of the conference saw what we saw. This dude has had so much responsibility put on his shoulders because his defensive line in front of him is not great and because the secondary behind him is inconsistent. And I, I think he has handled it about as well as you could have someone handle it. Also, you got to consider the fact that what we heard at ACC Media Days, this dude, his only Power 5 offer was from Carolina. He was going to go either there or go to Army. And this dude, I mean, has turned into one of college football's better linebackers. So, God, n- no one deserved it more than him. And then, of course, Tylee Craft, man, receiving that wow. Disney Spirit yeah. Award. Yes. I love that story. I am. I, I want him to get back on the football field Absolutely. so badly. And I would love for him to be a part of what Carolina does here in the next few years. That is an awesome award. It's great to see him get recognized, especially with everything that he had to go through back in March learning that he had a rare form of lung cancer. And now all the work that he is doing with the, uh, with the white ribbon project who yes. you know, w- does research with lung cancer. And he's also, whenever he is uh, in town for Tar Heel home games on Fridays, now he's actually in good enough health where he does go to the UNC Lineberger, uh, Lineberger cancer center and does visit with some of those cancer patients. It's, it's amazing. So a guy that definitely deserves all the recognition in the world. Man, well said, brother. That's that's so good and so true, both um, about what he has done, Tylee, and about um, Sed Gray getting all that recognition. As I mean, you go look at the tackling numbers. He's He's at the top of the heap, not only for the country. I mean, he's like second or third in total tackles and in solo tackles, but in terms of power five schools, he is number one, mm-hmm. uh, although I believe he's tied for number one in total tackles. But solo tackles, he's at the top of the heap of every power five school in the nation. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that a year ago, he didn't even come into the season as a starting linebacker. And here we are today. What a great story all around. Um I want to get deeper into this ACC championship game and I want to unpack that more fully in the next segment, but let me just ask a big picture question before we get to it. And then that'll Mm -hmm. be a nice segue into it. What lessons can maybe just one or two things the Tar Heels can take away from the Georgia tech and NC state losses that help, um, help prepare them for this weekend's matchup with Clemson. Well, look, I think the biggest thing, first of all, is that especially on the offensive side of the ball, you got to learn that, look, Drake May's a little human, guys. This this dude is not the superhero that we thought he was, that no matter what we threw his way, he was going to be able to still throw for 300 yards and four or five touchdowns in every single game. 
The offensive line has to bring it in this game. This is easily the best defensive line that you will play, not only this season, it's it probably in a long, long time. These dudes are uber-talented. I get that their secondary has struggled, and South Carolina showed you that if you can protect your quarterback, you can pick that secondary apart a little bit. But that but in order is to a big if. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Look, you just allowed 28 total pressures, the most you've allowed all season, to NC State. So, right. I mean, you have to you have to protect Drake because, look, at the end of the day, if a guy is under that much pressure, he's not going to be able to deliver the football. Not the way that you want him to. So that's the main thing that this offensive line, that this team has to do in this game. That's a lesson they have to take from these last couple of games. And then I think the other lesson that you have to take away is that, look, this this defense, they can they can give you what you need to yeah. win games. Yeah. I get it that they played some some bad offenses, and I'm not saying this offense is as bad as the offenses that you played the last two weeks. Granted, NC State's offense it's that way because of the quarterback injuries, but DJU ain't he, he's not knocking it out of the park. Yeah. They want he's him not bench. Trevor Lawrence. He's not Deshaun Watson, right? Not like, even close. Yeah. He is. Is he even Kelly Bryant? Like, <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. Like, he he's, he hasn't been that great. Well but they want yeah. Kate Klubnik in there. So, yeah. I, I want to see, like, can we get an aggressive game plan from Gene Chizik? That's one of the things that I think that they, they should have learned these last two weeks. You yeah. went extremely conservative against four-string quarterbacks, and they made you pay. If you do that, look – you could say whatever you want about DJU. Early in the season, we all thought, hey, man, this dude's kind of turned a corner a little bit. Yeah. Maybe he's got something. Yeah. So if you let him get comfortable, it, it, you, you don't know what's going to happen. I want to see G. Chizik be aggressive. I love it. Play a little more press, man. Your, your corners have shown you that they can handle it. That's when Tony Grimes, Storm Duck, and I thought even Legend Cavazos and Marcus Allen the other 100%. day, that's when they were at their best, was yep. when they were in press man coverage. And let's see some blitzes. I, I, I got to tell you, I saw the safety play the other night. I I don't need to see any more of Cameron Kelly or Geo Biggers. Give me Will Hardy and Don Chapman in this football game. They deserve it because they played really well the other night. Cameron Kelly is still banged up. No. And look, man, we, we've all seen it. Geo Biggers just is not a power five safety. Let's see those guys in there. And if you can trust those guys on the back end, then you can blitz more. Let's see that in this game. Be aggressive. That's that's what they needed. To, that's what they needed to learn defensively. I love that, man. Great stuff. I love the idea of the aggression. And uh, unfortunately, a little too, too little too late because it might have changed the results of both of those previous two games. However, whatever. But I'm right with you. Love to see what these true freshmen, particularly like Will Hardy, man. Just what a neat thing to see him out there. And yeah, Cavazos, uh, Allen, I loved what they gave on the outside. Good stuff. And I'm really curious to see snap counts for the Clemson game on Saturday. Well, we do want to get more into it. Just how does Carolina unseat who has been the powerhouse of this conference? How can they make it happen? Pagnotta and I are going to talk about it right after I tell you about Bet Online, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, World Cup! 
and esports, they've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, right after you check out the Heel Tough Blog podcast or the Locked On Turtles podcast, yeah, you can go look on Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So here we go. Let's get into the nitty gritty of this bad boy. And as we do so, here's just a big, uh, I guess one other big picture question I do want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Clemson has been the absolute standard bearer for this conference before losing last year in the ACC championship game six in a row. What what would a do what would a win do to legitimize what these Tar Heels have been striving for and pushing towards? I mean, look, it would be massive. I mean, I think you, you, you can make the argument, and I know Mac Brown will will make that argument in the offseason if he has to, that just making it there is a step in the right direction for Carolina. But this would be this would be huge, especially with the way that things have gone down these last two weeks, because it kind of feels like if they lose four in a row at the end of the year. You're 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 kind of sitting there. I'm not saying you say, yeah, this isn't any sort of success, but it sure ain't gonna feel like if you had told us in the preseason that they won nine games. It's gonna be a real different feeling because it's gonna be, yeah, you were nine and one though, and then you finished nine and five. So to get an ACC title, first of all, as we've mentioned, it's been 42 years, guys. I know some of the people that are watching this, that's going to make you feel really old, and I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. But, yeah, the last time that Carolina won an ACC championship, Lawrence Taylor was playing. So, I, I mean, it would just be – it would – it would. I wouldn't say completely erase everything because that pain that from last week of losing to your rival the way that you did, it would still be there, especially for next year's matchup. But I mean, I, it, it would it would be hard not to remember the season with we won an ACC title. So, I, and I think I got to tell you, I said this earlier on my podcast when we were recording the Heel Tough Log podcast. I, the Tar Heels, they they have to be the team more motivated in this game, right? You would think so because to them, winning this ACC championship is a much bigger deal than Clemson just adding another one, hmm. like for. For Carolina, you got to feel like this is this is a, a, a prime opportunity because I mean, look, whether we believe it or not, listen to the people that you know are talking from the ACC Atlantic state state fans. Um, they're telling you right out. Well, guess what? When the conference merges and and the divisions are gone, well, you guys won't even be in the running. Okay, well, it, let, let's just assume that for some reason they're right on that then this is our shot. So why not go out and win it? That's that's the motivation that I think these guys have to take yeah. into this game. And that's a good that's a good word. So to do that, how do you pull it off? I mean, like I I cannot shake the image of now I, I know Carolina was just playing for a chance to maybe tie the game up, but I, I cannot shake the image of this yellow line across the field and a bunch of Tar Heels behind it and a flag being thrown from the 2015 uh, (laughs) ACC championship game. And like, I I think that's something that probably a lot of Tar Heels are still is like an image that is burned into their brain. 
Like, is, is that motivation for this one? Is this just a whole completely separate thing? You know what I mean? Like, how do you go about saying like, to your point, like, this is our shot. Does that put, how do you, let me ask this. This is the way I want to ask this. Mm-hmm. How does Mac Brown use that without that putting too much? How, how does he use that as inspiration rather than putting the weight of that on his players? I mean, look, I don't really know. It shouldn't be weight on the players. I mean, look, that was seven years ago. None of you guys were even here yet. Um, I'm trying to think. None of the guys that I know on the staff or that are that are even like high ranking members were on that team. So, like, you're going to use it as motivation. You're going to say, look, the last time that we were here against this team, this is what happened. You guys have a chance to sort of write that story as well. But at the same time, I mean, look, that's that's completely separate. Like, I, I think the biggest thing for this team is just let's, you know, let's finally win that ACC championship game. And, I mean, the mindset that I would be taking if I'm Mac Brown is I would say, look, I mean, Clemson, what's their motivation for this game? They, they, you got you to gotta imagine this week, in Clemson circles is probably a pretty dark week. You just lost to South Carolina, yeah. which is bad enough. That's your rival. But to make it worse, you lost your 40-game home winning streak. You lost your chance at the college football playoff, which right. we saw the rankings that came out the other night. That team would have been fifth. If they win the ACC championship game and either TCU loses to a Kansas State team who had them down by 18 at one point earlier in the season – or USC loses to a Utah team that has already beat them, that Clemson's going to the playoff if they beat us. So how motivated are they going to be? Are there guys on that roster that are saying, how much do we care about this? Our goal was to make the playoff. So if I'm Mac Brown, that's the mindset that I'm putting on my team. And here's the other thing. I'm also saying, look, everybody expects them to come in and win. Everybody expects them to show that they are still a power, not only in the ACC, but nationally. Nobody's expecting anything out of you. You're the team that just lost two straight, and and one of those losses was to Georgia Tech. So, I I mean, seriously, there should be no pressure on you. Just come in here and play your game. And at the end of the day, if you do, you've got the better quarterback. We can walk out of here with, with an ACC title. Absolutely. That's that's the point to land on. And so to that point about the better quarterback, let's move into talking about when Carolina has the ball, what are we watching for? I want to hear a couple things. How does Drake May and this offense rebound from these? They've just come back down to earth after flying so high all season long. What do they got to do to get back up into outer space? I mean, look, it's, it's just as simple as Phil Longo's game plan has to be to get his quarterback in a rhythm early. And that is get the football out of your quarterback's hands. Um, let's, you know, make, get, get some easy stuff going early on. And, and, and part of that is, look, I thought he tried to do that a week ago. First play of the game, he throws it to Josh Downs. Josh Downs drops the football. And it was almost like I knew at that point, I felt to myself, here we go again. Yep. This is, and, and it felt like the team took From that the, same yep. mindset. Yep. So, it's Phil Longo has to draw up those short plays, but the guys also have to execute, catch the football, and you have to make something happen after the catch. Yep. You were so good at that a year ago, especially Josh Downs. 
man, let's do that again in this game and get your quarterback feeling a little bit comfortable. Because if you can do that early, all that other stuff is going to open up. Mm. And we've seen what he can do when all that other stuff starts to open up. This dude looks like a Heisman Trophy candidate. So why not? Let's that That's the point you want to get to. And then the second thing is, you look at the last two weeks. One of the biggest things they struggle with is third down. And mm. part of that is that they have to be better on first and second down. But this team has to get back to executing on third down. Yeah. It's get into those third and shorts and then you and find a way to execute because first 10 games of the season, you ranked inside of the top 10 in terms of third down percentage. The last two weeks, You've converted about 25% of your third downs. That ain't going to cut it. No. So you've got to be able to move the sticks in those scenarios because when you can do that and you can move, get this offense rolling and consistently moving the football, that's what made this offense so good earlier in the year. Last year, one of the biggest things was they would put up points, but it was such it was either a big play or no play offense. It's gotten back to that the last two weeks. And you can see why this group isn't as efficient as they were. Let's get back to that team that can consistently move the football up and down the field. Yeah, and we've seen, I feel like, uh, right in line with that third down efficiency dropping, the same thing with red zone efficiency, which had yep. been flying for a lot of the first uh, first two-thirds or three-quarters even of the regular season and has just dropped off precipitously the past two weeks, both in terms of any points and in terms of touchdowns, right? Like it's just not been what it was. Um, and and frankly, part of that against Georgia Tech is what you referenced earlier about the Antoine Green effect, I think, mm-hmm. um, which which speaks to his candidacy as being potentially, I mean, obviously Drake May is the MVP of this team, but Antoine Green is in that discussion with him for sure. Um, and, and I love all of what you're saying about opening and all, all that up. And what that could hopefully help do to mitigate some of that Clemson defensive line um, that that we've already talked about has the opportunity to potentially really overpower and outdo the North Carolina offensive line, who's yeah. who's reeling a little bit right now. Now, yeah. on the other side of the ball, uh, you got this guy named Will Shipley. I know we've already said DJU is not uh, some of his predecessors, but Will Shipley is a dude. Now. On the other side of the ball is another dude who we've already talked about by the name of Cedric Gray. What can he and his comrades do to slow down Will Shipley and DJU and the rest of the Clemson offense? Well, I mean, with 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 Will Shipley, it's as simple as you just have to tackle. He's a dude that I mean, he is he is when when he was coming out of high school. I remember because he he played right down the road from me here in, in Union County in North Carolina. I mean, him and Sam Howell are truly the best I've seen play in this county. And there were comparisons of him to Christian McCaffrey. And people were like, that might be a little too far. No, no, this dude is CMC. He is the reincarnation. He is that good because he can do so many different things for a team. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is, I believe, the leading rusher in the ACC with almost 1,100 yards. He is a guy that has over 400 yards receiving, and he also is their kick returner. And he is, I mean, he's outstanding. Like, he there, he is so versatile. They use him in so many different ways, and he's slippery, man. So Carolina's got to be able to tackle. 
I, I think Cedric Gray is going to be ready for this matchup, though. Hmm. That's the thing. And look, said said knows him. Said played him in high school. That's right. Like, you know, he's not. This is a familiar guy for him. So we'll see. Um, I, I think taking him, limiting him. Taking him out of the game is just that. I don't even know why my brain went there. That ain't happening. Uh, <laughs> limiting him, though, is 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 the big key. Yeah. And if you can limit him, make other guys beat you. Because, look, a receiver that just lost Bo Collins for the season, he's not going to be there. Um, I really like Antonio Williams. I think he's done some really good things. I remember him coming out of Judge Fork High School. I was saying, why is this dude not getting more recognition? But – Outside of that, there's not a lot of consistency with that wide receiving core. This this isn't the receiving course that Clemson has had in the past. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other area that Carolina, I think, has to be very aware of in the passing game, they have two tight ends yeah. that are really, really good. They are coming off a, a really quiet week against South Carolina. But Davis Allen is tremendous, and Jake uh, Burningstool is, is right there with them. And Carolina has been hurt by tight ends at times this season. So that's something that they have to take away as well. It's going to be a challenge, but it's it, to me, it, it all goes back to what I said earlier. You have to get pressure on right. DJU. Man, this dude was under pressure last week. He completed 28% of his passes. Like, he was 8 of 29, guys. Like, let's get after this yes. dude. Yes. Get him uncomfortable. And look at what's happened the last couple of weeks when Carolina, you know, when, when they when they've had their cornerbacks in position to make plays, they have. I mean, Storm Duck has back to back weeks with interceptions. Like you have Cameron Kelly, big interception against Wake Forest if he plays in this game. You have guys that are making the plays on the back end. If you start throwing more and more pressure at him, he's going to make a mistake or two. And I think if you can win that turnover battle, which in part you know, goes on the offense taking care of the football as well. But if you can win that turnover battle, especially if you're plus two in that turnover battle, man, that could go a long, long way in this game. Absolutely. Every single possession is a huge deal in a game like this. You want to get the ball back to your best unit, and that's Drake May and the offense. All right, Pagnotta, let's make some quick picks and get on out of here. Clemson Tigers favored in this game, minus seven and a half. Over under is 63 and a half. Where are you going with it? Uh, I I have the Tar Heels covering and winning outright. Whoa. Uh, I think I, – I, I'm going to tell you, and, and I, I – of course, I got called a homer on my podcast. But <laughs> I just I, – I, I am really focused on what is the motivation going to be for this Clemson team. Like how how excited are the are their guys to play in this game? I, I don't know, you know, it's like a bowl me, game that's not a not a New Year's six, you know, is that that kind even of the thing. New Year's six? Like, are they are they thrilled to be playing in the Orange yeah. Bowl? Like, it's this is a vibe. team that's yep. going to look, especially, and and this is where I think you could really see it. If USC loses on Friday night to Utah, that could have a huge effect on the mindset of Clemson as well, even more so than, than it was already coming in because you, they could be sitting there saying, Dude, that could have been us in that spot. USC lost. We could be playing in the college football playoff again. So I don't know. I, I, look, Dabo, he is a heck of a coach. There is a good chance that he could have his guys ready for this game. But I think this game means so much more to Carolina. 
And I really hope, and I, I trust Mac Brown because of his experience, he will have this group ready to go for this game mentally. I think they're going to come out motivated. And to me, that's the biggest factor in this football game. How motivated are you to come out and respond to what has happened the last two weeks? You can, as I said earlier, you can salvage this season with this win. It doesn't matter what you do in the bowl game. You win this game, you could go to the bowl game and get blown out by 50. Nobody's <laughs> going to care. Like, you won the you won your first ACC title in 42 years. So I, I really think the motivation factor, and to me, I, I think Drake May is going to bounce back here. I, I don't see any way that this dude's going to go out with four straight tough outings or really just three three straight tough outings even before the bowl game. I think he's going to respond. He's going to be motivated to show that this is just – this is a, a team that just had a couple of off weeks. I think the Carolina being the underdog again, last two weeks they were favored. I think back in that underdog role also helps them. I think Carolina pulls the upset. I go with the under. I think it'll be a little bit ugly at times, but I got Carolina 28-24 over Clemson. Love to see it. You know what? I'm riding with you, brother. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's just everything you just said, cosign, I'm in on it. You love to see it. We cannot wait to watch this game. 8 o'clock Eastern time on ABC Saturday night. Tar Heels and Tigers playing it for a shot at the Orange Bowl and uh, uh, an ACC Conference Championship glory written all over one of these two teams. Uh, Folks, don't forget, as we said earlier, we've got the uh, Carolina men's basketball first ACC Conference game coming up on Sunday in Blacksburg at Castle Coliseum. Get ready for that. Tar Heels trying to snap that three-game losing streak they are currently on. And then on Monday show, we'll have recaps of all of these games and everything that happened. Also, Tar Heel women's basketball dropped their first game of, or their first loss of the season on Thursday night at Indiana. We just need to never go back to Assembly Hall. I think that's the learning lesson there. It's been so great to have our brother Anthony Pagnata on, as always. For him, I'm Isaac Shade. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Isaac Shade. He's at HTB Anthony. We've talked about the Heel Tough blog. Make sure you check out their good work there. Thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. Make Locked on Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and, of course, the take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Folks, whatever happens on Saturday, the two of us want to remind you that it is always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Right on. Until Monday when we talk again. Peace.